Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you. And there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands. So if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes, and that is patreon.com slash keto. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am excited to have you with us today as we introduce to you the story of another amazing dude who has come to my attention because of the work that he has been putting in. So with us today, my guest is Jesse Magallon. Jesse, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Feeling really, really good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited that I'm recording with someone in the same time zone, so we didn't have to do any math to get things figured out. And yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, and so we're just gonna we're gonna get right into it, man. Dig right into your story. So tell us, Jesse, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Well, I guess I am. I'm, I'm qualified because I am a fat guy. I still consider myself uh, a fat guy to this day. But at one point, I was uh, upwards of 500 pounds. And Jesse, tell us, because you don't wake up one day 500 pounds. How how did you end up there? You know what? It, it feels like it feels like that, though, right? Like you wake up and you're just like, how did I get here? But um, it wasn't until very recently that I started putting in a lot of thought into how I got to be that size. And it's... Um, it took me it took me quite a while um, because I, I didn't grow up um, a typical fat kid um, like a lot of the like a lot of your your guests um, that I've heard in the past um, I was always very athletic as a child um, it wasn't until like my teen years where I started to kind of get out of control with my eating um, a lot of it had to do with um, the fact that I had no really uh no real nutritional advice you know my mom just kind of cooked for everyone in the family and because there was a lot of us um she cooked a lot of food and we ate a lot and um over the years it just got worse and worse and i guess after high school and once i started making like my own money and just started getting even more out of control because i would just eat large portions and just eat fast food like all the time i stopped almost completely eating like home-cooked food which wasn't that healthy to begin with um i stopped eating stopped eating uh home-cooked food and just started eating fast food like all the time and that's uh, like you said i think that's different than the story that we hear from a lot of the guests on the show where they talk about you know being the big little kid and, you know, growing up, going up through school, you know, being overweight and just kind of their, their weight kind of going up and going up. And I've, I've talked to some guys that have given, you know, kind of a similar arc to their background in terms of what they went through, but they didn't end up as heavy as you got to. Like, so 
what was your, you know, what was that evolving? Like, do you really think it was just driven by just poor food choices? Was it an emotional piece that kind of brought you to as heavy as you got? Like, what was it like when you were putting the weight on? Like, how were people around you reacting and how were you reacting to it? See, a lot of, um, the, I guess the people that cared the most um, were the ones that kind of brought it to my attention. But I, I was, since I was active, because even, even in, um, even in my, my heavy, at my heaviest, um, I was a soccer coach. So I would train, um, children and, uh, semi-professional athletes and professional soccer players. Um, I was training them, um, daily. So I felt like I was getting like some sort of exercise. So when it did come to my attention from the people that were closest to me, it was kind of like, well, okay, so then I'll run a little more or I'll do more, but I really never did. And, um, and that was kind of like, those were like the initial red flags, but it was definitely something emotional with me because, um, I was at one point in a, in a very, uh, toxic relationship. And although it was bad when it ended, my personal emotions just got worse. It just tore me to pieces. Um, and that kind of started a decline of my of my mood and my self-esteem and just my overall outlook on life. And food was very comforting because it was always available and it was just something that gave me instant gratification and, and, and satisfaction. So um, it almost became like a second thought like, oh, well, like I, I'm already thinking about the next meal before I'm done eating this meal because I already know that this feeling of satisfaction is only going to last so long. And it wasn't until very recently that I was like, wow, I was basically a crackhead for food. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it goes, it plays into you, the types of food you were eating, you know, eating massive amounts of fast food. It, that food is almost programmed and created to be palatable and to give you that experience you're talking about. So it, it makes sense that if that's what you're reaching for, it's, it's almost like this self-reinforcing cycle of reaching for the food that is kind of giving you the hit in the moment, but not really giving you deeper satisfaction. And, you know, it's, it's making you feel better in the moment. You know, it's, it's, it, and like you said, it, it's also a quick hit. Like, there's no, we, we live in a culture now where, you know, if the, if the food isn't ready in, in 10 minutes, you know, we're asking to see a manager. Like, there's... It, there's this instant gratification that I think just becomes a part of people's day-to-day lives. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's that when other things weren't going well in my life, I knew that I was going to enjoy dinner. You know, I knew that I was going to enjoy lunch. I knew that whatever I was going to eat next. Um, and you can't, you know, maybe it's something that at the moment you don't think about, but now it's like, I remember catching myself like, thinking like, man, I need a burrito right now because this is, I can't deal with this. And then it was like, whoa, (laughs) like what, why, why is that the first thing that you go to when you have a, like a problem or something that you're struggling with? You go right to like what the next meal is because that's what's going to make you feel better. Um, And that, I I had a lot of that going on in like my early twenties. Like right now I'm 29, I'm about to be 30. So like, Right after high school, I was at like 300 pounds. So, I, and I'm, I'm a tall guy. I'm a six one. So, you know, I kind of carried the weight pretty well, but, um, you know, like 25 through 27, 
it was just like the worst because it just it just packed on and it was like in my face and under my arms and it, and and although i started to find i i kept feeling that satisfied feeling when i was eating but i would look in the mirror and just be like whoa like now i can really see how much i'm eating cuz it's on my face you know and and that's kind of like the beginning stages of 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 why i decided to just kick kick uh start my 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 journey right and were you you know not we're we're going to obviously transition to talk about your journey which i think is the the bigger picture for you but just to give let people know like kind of give some insight cuz I, I think there's probably some people sitting out there who hear you know you talking about you weren't you know you saw it in the mirror but it wasn't really this thing that was holding you back in terms of like feeling like you were living your life like were you conscious of what you actually weighed or was it something where you weren't really paying attention to that and then you know when you decided you know like how did i guess the the question becomes like how did you find out that you were you were over 500 pounds i'm going to be real with you man it was like being intimate with the opposite sex was like very embarrassing it got to the point where it was like it was so awkward to be with a woman that the it was like the elephant in the room was me <laughs> because it that was the issue you know and it wasn't like like if for whatever reason there was not an attraction it was because of my weight you know um and that that really took a toll on my brain you know because up until about 25 that was not a problem you know um there are girls out there that love big guys and i had the pleasure of meeting uh, a few of them and and having good relationships with some of them and but it did get to that point where it's like dude you're like way too big to attract anyone you know um unless they're also your size but then again is there that mutual attraction um because we're very hypocritical as humans like that you know you can be 500 pounds and not be attracted to a woman that's 500 pounds that's just that's just human nature and i can told i i mean you stand you you get yourself in the situation where you can understand both perspectives you know oh for sure and i think that's something that it, it's interesting because we don't necessarily even die, haven't you know really dove that deep into that topic with a lot of people on the show because a lot of the guys as they're 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 people that you know met a spouse when they were smaller you know, relatively smaller, and then the weight came on, so they were in a committed relationship. But I think that's something that, you know, comes into play for people, you know, when you're younger, and you're, you're out looking for other people, and, you know, you're, you're looking for relationships, and you're making connections, and realizing, like you said, that's starting to become, it's starting to become a literal physical barrier for you to making those connections. Yeah, and honestly, props to the partners of the people that can stick with someone through their journey because I see some people that are going through um, through everything they're going through and they have like a significant other that's that's not really struggling with the same thing but at the same time is very supportive of them so you know shout out to all those people that really stick to their partner when they're going through something like this because it's very easy to just be like well this is a personal problem you deal with it on your own and then when once you fixed it come and talk to me um, so that, that happens a lot, you know, especially, I mean, I, I've personally felt that. So, Oh, I, I believe it. And do you think that then that almost played into, 
in some ways making it worse, you know, kind of contributing to that kind of emotional cycle that you were in when it came to food and your weight and, the, and those pieces, because that's a whole nother wrinkle now in, in your life. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, that, that definitely does play into it because again, any time that, that I faced a depressing or a saddening moment in my life, I would seek to what would give me the most satiation as possible or whatever satisfaction I can get. And it would be through food because it was attainable. It was there and I knew that I can get it easily and, and it was going to make me feel better right away. And even if I finished it and I didn't feel better, I could go on to the next place and eat something else. And, and that was, that was just the way I, I, I handled my life at one point. And what was, I mean, we, we, I, I think we get this. I know I get this question. Like, you know, what was I eating when I when I was that big? Like, what you know, what was it, it like? Like, what was your eating like when you were at your heaviest? Man, um, here's the funny thing that I I never was a breakfast person. I'm not even now. I'm not a breakfast person. Um, so a lot of my meals were like from the middle of the day on, and they were huge portions. Like, I would go to like McDonald's and I'd get like. Three McChickens, uh, like the 20 piece of chicken McNuggets and like a large fry and then Coke. Um, or in my delusion, I would get like Diet Coke or, um, or water, you know, and I'd be like, oh, well, at least I'm drinking water. You know what I mean? Well, that's the healthy part of the meal for you. Right, right. Which was also the only thing I didn't finish when I ordered that. <laughs> so it, it, it just, that's kind of the way I ate. I would eat a lot of portions and I would eat a lot of fast food. I would be hitting Taco Bell, Del Taco. People would be like, who do you like better? Um, whatever's closer, honestly, whatever's open. Cause I'd be eating at like three or four in the morning also. Um, uh, so like my eating habits were not good and it was all, it was primarily fast food that I was eating uh, or, or restaurant food. But even then I would go to a restaurant and I would get dinner for two basically you know or we would go to like buffalo wild wings and order like two large traditional and then it would only be two people you know but most of it was going going in me oh for sure and i know one of the things that you shared with me before we started recording you know in in your notes was there was also an impact professionally on you um your your size yeah yeah i did reach uh i did reach a point where i was like my knowledge and my experience meant nothing because of my size. That's, that's, I don't think I can chalk it up any other way because when, when your boss looks at you and tells you, I don't think you are the fit for this job because you're just too big. And, um, and when you're in the, when, and it makes sense, honestly, in retrospect, it really makes sense because when you're in an atmosphere and you're working with professional athletes, they expect to learn from you. And if you don't model the, the professionalism that they're seeking to attain, then they don't respond well to you. They don't want to listen to you. Um, or maybe it's going to take a while for them to actually consider you as an equal um, but I can see how a professional soccer player would look at me as his coach and say, what is this fat guy going to teach me? You know, what could, what could possibly, you know, and it doesn't even matter what I know, what I've done, how far I reached in, in my playing days, that, that doesn't matter because the fact is you're a 500 pound dude in a world of 
160, 170 pound um, athletes. So what could you possibly bring to the table just by looking at me? And, and I know there's probably some people listening who are like, you know, that's not the way the world should be. You know, that's not the way this should be. But we, like you're saying, it's a, it's a reality that comes into play. You know, that perception of authority, that, that perception of knowledge changes, you know, especially in that arena of athletics, which I think is different than what some people run into. Like, you know, having to be that person. Like, and I know there's always, you know, the jokes about, you know, overweight football coaches and things along those lines. Like, but I, I think, like you said, your perspective when you were in that moment versus your perspective on it now is like seeing where they were coming from. Just who knows, you know, in terms of what players are thinking and how they're responding and what kind of responses they're getting. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a sad fact of the situation, I think. Yeah, the, and, it's, and it's sad also that, that you go back to what your parents taught you as a kid, you know. Don't judge a book by its cover. And then you get to like a well, point where you're an adult and you've like, no, you don't judge people by, by their cover. And then someone tells you, sorry, man, you're in a world where your cover is the first thing we're going to look at. And if it doesn't pan out just by looking at you, there's no way for you to get a foot in the door. And it's like, whoa, it, it's just, it's, it's a hard blow. It, it's a hard blow because I worked for years. I mean, I started coaching when I was 15 years old. As soon as I stopped playing, I started coaching. And I coached little kids. I worked my way up the ranks. I coached through club soccer. I, I put in the time and the hours to get all the way up to, to professional. And once you get there, they tell you, no, man, it's, you're not, you're not going to get past this point. It's just not going to happen. Um, that's that's definitely it, it gets to the point where like the one thing that I'm the most passionate about I don't want to do anymore it it makes me sick to go to work every day mm. oh I, I can only imagine what it what it felt like you know to, to have that kind of put right up in your face and so yeah you're, yeah because I mean no, you don't want to Go ahead. No, you just don't want to hear. You don't want to hear that. You know, mm. that's just just something. No, for sure. And so you had kind of all of these different factors leading you to this point. You know where you were at in your life, like, and then at up until because I I know you kind of you made a big turning point in 2018, but before that, like, had you tried to diet before? Was were there any efforts that you like? Had you made any significant efforts, or was it more? Just something that you were thinking that you'd do someday. You know, I I made I made one effort, but it was just very poorly thought out, and I didn't get any results because I didn't really try my hardest. It was just one time that I thought I maybe if I meal prepped and I cooked at home that this would be like a a way for me to to get started. And I tried it. I really, I, I don't want to say I gave it a hundred percent of my effort because I really didn't. And then I would, I, I meal prepped, but I made these big portions because I thought, well, I, I want to, I don't want to just cut cold turkey. I, I was acting on my own stupidity, not really with any like knowledge about health or nutrition. Um, 
so I, I entered it with just like, well, let me try this meal prep stuff. Everybody meal preps. But I ended, I ended up gaining weight from that. So I stopped doing that right away. And then, and then it was like, it was a combination of like obese to beast and David Goggins that just kind of like made me like snap out of it. So let, let's talk about the snapping out of it. Like t- take us into how you even got to, you know, what you feel was that kind of turning point for you in, in terms of getting started to make change? Well, um, after I had that like failed relationship, it took me a couple years to kind of like get my self-esteem back up as far as like how I communicated and interacted socially. And once I was able to just kind of get back to myself emotionally, um, I, I started, it started in, on social media and just, I stumbled upon obese to beast and I had never seen him on Ellen before or anything like that. I had just seen a before and after picture and he was tagged on it. And, and I just remembered thinking like, oh man, like that guy's way bigger than me. And I showed it to one of my friends. Um, and he looked at it and he said, bro, that guy's not bigger than you. You're bigger than that guy. And I was like, no way, this guy's like way bigger than me. And then he's like, no, dude, like he's just short, but, but, but I feel like you're heavier than him. And then when we actually looked at his Instagram page and saw what his weight was, and I think he was like at 300 pounds, I was like, no, well, I'm not, I gotta be like 350, 400 maybe. And he was like, well, yeah, around there, but I didn't know, you know, how much I weighed. So I went to a, I went to a recycling center, like one of those that are like by the supermarkets, behind supermarkets. And I was like, hey, man, can I just step on the scale? I just want to see like how much I weigh. And I weighed at the time like 511 pounds. And I remember just in, I was just in awe. I was just in complete disbelief because um, I didn't feel 500 pounds um, at that moment. Now, now I'm like, yeah, that's why I felt all those things that I felt back then. But it was like, even seeing the scale, I was just kind of like, okay, well, I just got to work on, on working out more, which didn't last long either because I couldn't work out. I couldn't really do much. And I didn't have any motivation to either. Um, because although I wanted to make a change, I just couldn't find like, anything inside me to give me energy to like get up and try it or to break past like the embarrassment of going to a gym or something like that and it was it was the same friend that I showed that post to that told me he's like hey man if you want to start working out I have to get ready because I'm I'm joining the army and I want to get ready before I go to boot camp so why don't we just get gym memberships and I kind of fought him on it but he said, hey, you know, we can go really late at night. You know, it'll be won't be embarrassing. No one will see you. You know, you can just do your thing. And sure enough, that's that's how he got me to start actually working out and going to the gym. Um, we would go at like one, two in the morning, work out for an hour or two, and then we'd be gone before anybody really showed up. And there was not really anybody ever there. And that's how I started losing like my initial weight is just doing those late night gym, gym sessions every every night with him 
and slowly the weight started coming off as I started to learn more. And like I said, obese to beast kind of simplified things for me because I was going down this path of like meal prep and, and, and having to know all this nutritional stuff and, and he really sim simplified it and just was, uh, I remember him talking about the common sense diet and that was the first question that I started asking myself before I put anything in my mouth was like, do I really need this? Am I, should I be eating this at all? And, um, and I, and I, I started making better choices because I noticed that the gym was working. And the more I hung out with this, with this friend at the gym, um, the more I started to just feel comfortable at that place. And it got to the point where he was, he was already set to, sh to go to boot camp. So he was going to be gone. And I was still like 430 pounds when, when he was, when he was going to be shipped off. So it was kind of a, another enlightening moment where I had to step outside myself and now go by myself to the place that I was so scared of before. And the reason why I stepped in there the first place was because you know, he was going to be with me. And, and now that he's not with me, I got to do it on my own. And, um, that, that first gym session by myself was eerily satisfying. Um, because I was, I didn't need anyone's encouragement. I didn't need anyone's support or, or anyone to just kind of guide me or to even, to even share what their plan was for the workout that day. It was just me and what I wanted to do and, and when I wanted to do it. And it was, it was very freeing. And I think, I think I got, um, hooked on that feeling. I, I think that's a great realization. Cause I, I think you hit on something that a lot of people deal with. And that's, you know, that, that fear of the gym, that fear of, of judgment, that, that all of those things that we build up inside of ourselves and, and we start to give them this life that when we actually confront them, the reality is very different than, than what we built it up to be in our heads. Yeah, that, that f overcoming that fear taught me a lot about myself because I was honestly, I would front that I'm not scared of anything. And I'm, I was a big dude. Nobody would mess with me, you know, so I wasn't scared of anything, but I mean, when it came to going to the, to the gym, I was just a scared little person. There was nothing that, that, um, that could convince me to, to do it. Um, so I'm very grateful for this guy because he really, he really stuck with me. Um, and his leaving actually did a, did a lot of good for me. And once I figured out there's a switch in your mind that you can flip to get past these things. It was like, well, what else can I, can I overcome? You know, what are the hard things that I've been avoiding that I can, that I can hit head on? And when I started looking into that, that's how I started. That's how I discovered David Goggins and his story. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but, um, his mentality of, you know, 
stop being that person that you think people need you to be and start being the person that you want to be, that right there was like another puzzle piece. So my self-esteem was up. I wasn't so embarrassed about going to the gym. And then now I have this new way of overcoming obstacles and fear. So that was just another thing that fell into place to where uh, I just could eliminate excuses on why I should do the next tough thing that got in my way inside the gym. And then it just translated outside of the gym um, because then I wasn't so sorry. Uh, then I wasn't so scared uh, to like ask for promotions or uh, go after better opportunities at work um, because I was scared of that too, despite putting on this face of like, I'm this fearless person and I can face anyone. I might, might be that person that would face anyone, but, but looking and looking at myself was not something that I was comfortable at doing. And so how did things progress for you from there? Like in terms of what you were, you know, you, you had the, the gym going still, like what was, how were things evolving, you know, in terms of your own approach to, to trying to lose the weight? I started seeing results so quickly that it only made sense to me that if I just worked harder, I would see results even faster. Um, because there is that urgency of like, well, if I'm going to get my life back, I want to do it as fast as possible. Um, because, you know, I want to erase this part of my life as fast as I can. Um, which now I realize it's, it's not going to ever go away, but, um, it's now just a topic of conversation. It's not something that's stopping me from what I, I want to do with my future. So um, at, at a point, it, it just became, I really adopted that mentality of I need to put myself through the most, the most painful thing possible, you know, and it doesn't have to be a good feeling and it doesn't have to be something that I want to do. Um, it should be something that's difficult and maybe something that's even miserable, um, because I've had the easy way and the easy way led me to 500 plus pounds. That was me taking the easy way. Um, so it, it was almost kind of like I was punishing myself, but, you know, I wasn't hurting myself. I was just pushing myself and I was going after things that I, that I didn't go after before. Um, things as little as like pull-ups, you know? Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm determined to do pull-ups until I can do a pull-up. And, um, and, and that's, that's just like, I hated doing pull-ups. It's probably something that I would have never done even when I did sports. So now I'm doing pull-ups, you know, that's just kind of like how I, I made it past that first plateau of, you know, you've lost, I've lost my first hundred, 120 pounds, but I'm still a fat guy and I'm still the fat dude at the gym and you know, despite other people having some good experiences at the gym, I didn't always have a good experience at the gym. You know, I've had, you know, big buff bodybuilders call me fat boy and tell me to get the fuck out of there, um, that I don't belong there. I've had that, those situations happen to me at the gym, you know, and I'm not at this like bodybuilder gym, you know, I'm at a 24 hour fitness trying to, trying to do my thing, um, just like everybody else. Um, but I've had those moments. So, They've only made me stronger, 
they've only made me want to 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 go even harder because it's like I'm gonna get there and then whatever happened before however those people made me feel it's not something that I'll ever feel again because I'm not that guy anymore and I've just been pushing on that mentality ever since and then COVID hit and all the gyms were closed so I I just relied on the one most miserable thing that I've always hated and that's running like I hate I've always hated running I'm not a runner cardio is not my thing um, even when I played sports I was the guy to like show up late to practice because I knew the first 30 minutes of practice were going to be running and like warm-ups and stuff so I purposely be late to practice so I could avoid all that stuff because um, I knew you know coach is going to send me off to the side I'll run some sprints and then I'm back in and then I don't have to worry about doing all that cardio work at the beginning and when, so and when you said COVID hit, when like COVID hit, yeah, yeah, like let's talk about like where were you at weight wise before COVID hit? Like talk about take us through, um, kind of where you had gotten to uh, before that. Well, right before COVID, I was I was super excited because I was losing like like two to two and a half pounds a week. So I was already kind of doing the math ahead of time of like, oh man, by January I should be at like. 250 pounds um but then the holidays hit me a little bit harder than i thought it would so i was at like two i was like at like 270 in january and then february i went hard i went super hard in february like the end of january february and then um right around march because march is my birthday so i wanted to kind of um i don't know be like in a certain hit a certain uh milestone by that time and and then COVID kind of happened right there, like mid-March. So I was like 256, 260. I was like right, really close to 250, which was my goal for January that I hadn't hit. And, and then right when I got to like 250, all the gyms closed. And I was like, well, they initially said that they were only going to be closed for two weeks. So for two weeks, I'll just do some home workouts, like whatever I have lying around at home, some resistance bands. And I'll just lower my calorie intake, you know, that's how I've been doing it. That's how I've been losing weight. I've just been fasting and watching my calories. That's it. So I figured just readjust the numbers and we should be good. Um, no, man, my numbers were way off. Um, I ended up gaining like 30 pounds. So I came out of COVID like 278 pounds, almost 280 pounds. And that was like a huge shock to me because like I was not going, I was not trying to go in that direction ever again. Um, I don't know how you did it because the fact that you did it twice, it drives, it, it's crazy. I don't know how, I don't know how you did it twice, man. I, that, that really was even more inspiring to me when I found your Instagram because I was like, I don't ever want to do this again. This guy did it again, you know? I'm like, that's that's insane to me. So props to you for that. Well, I, and, I, I um, appreciate that. And, and just, also, just something else I realized we didn't state that I, I just want to get out of the way quick. So you started this, you know, when you first started going to the gym, it was 2018, correct? Was mm -hmm. it, so it was two years ago? 
Yeah. I just want to paint a picture for people so they know yeah, that you were, you, were, you were coming from, you know, over 500 pounds two years ago to where you were, you know, once all of this, you know, all this kind of chaos started coming into your life. Just to, yeah, just yeah. to give, and, them the, and give them that so picture. So in that, in, that, in that first, yeah, in that, in that first, you know, my first year, I lost like 120 pounds in that first year. So it was, it was good. And then 2019 rolled around and, um, I lost another like 90 pounds within that time frame. So I was like at 200 and something pounds lost and I was feeling really good. Cause I had not, I had not gained more than like five or six pounds on a break, you know, never. So coming out of COVID 30 pounds plus from where I was after I had worked so hard to, cause even though the holidays did kind of take a toll on me, I still worked very hard to, to not let it completely screw me up. Um, and, and I was still, I was, even though I was kind of giving myself some freedom, I was still putting in the time in the gym and I was still putting in a lot of work. So I, I still came out of the holidays good. Um, and it wasn't until like the gyms reopened for a short period of time that I got in there and I started lifting and I was like, Whoa, happened to me. Like I am not even the guy I was in January anymore. Like this is crazy and it it i i did not take this whole like this whole covid thing lightly I, as far as like what what it was doing to me when they were like quarantine and everyone has to stay in uh, i'm sorry man but i was not the type to stay in because i could not just stay in my house and do home workouts it wasn't enough so like it started with just one, two miles in the morning and then like a workout. And then it just became three or four miles, five to six miles. And then um, one of my other friends invited me to go on a trail, like hike with him. And I, I saw these other guys that were doing trail running. And then I just decided I, I want to I try trail running. Because um, I hated running on the road, on the street. Um, when you've lost as much weight as I have, like you'll know like the loose skin is just, it's just a huge annoyance. Um, some guys are comfortable with it or they figure out a way around it. Um, I am not one of those guys. So when I run, it's like a huge inconvenience and you can like, obviously it's obvious you can see like 20 pounds of skin just bouncing off my body when I run. So like I didn't want to run in public and, um, trails just seem to be kind of like, a a way to kind of escape from running in public, but still, still being able to put in the miles and, and the time that I wanted to. And I don't know. I just found, I just, even though it sucks, like the, the running, it was what helped me at least maintain and start losing weight because like my first long distance run, I was like 17 miles and I burned like 5,000 calories or something like that. I don't know how accurate Fitbits are, but, but, uh, that's kind of the gauge that I used. And, um, and I was like, well, if I'm going to burn as many calories as I need to just kind of keep losing weight, I need to just run more. And as my body started to adjust and my endurance started to rise, um, I just kept running further and further. Um, and now it's just become a goal to just run as long and like for as, as much distance as I can. Which you, you've done, 
I mean, you know, one of the things, obviously, there's been an impact on your ability to do any kind of sanction runs during this time, but you've, you've even crossed, you've been close to and crossing that, that marathon line a few times with your runs. Yeah, yeah. So I've done, uh, unofficially, I've ran um, 25, 32, and 36 miles um, in the last... Uh, the last four or five months that I've been putting in like some training and um, and just kind of, you know, there's nothing I could really do as far as like competing with anyone. And even I'm going to be honest with you, man, even if I did go to these marathons, it's not about competing because some of these top runners are finishing these marathons in like eight minute miles because ultra marathons are ran are, are mostly run on uh, trails, you know, so. When you get up there past 25 miles, like into the 30 mile range, um, you're not really, I mean, I wouldn't really be competing with, you know, the finishers as far as like the, the guys in the front and the ladies in the front. It, it, I just want to be able to, to complete, um, to complete the race within, within the time frame. Um, I guess the goal right now is a hundred miles. Um, but I'm still working towards 50. So 2021 will be where that's headed but that's another thing as far as like having new and uh and more exciting goals to just go after has also helped because i at 500 pounds i couldn't even run drills with the kids that i was coaching you know 9 10 12 13 14 15 year olds were, were running circles around me so as much as i would say oh i ran you know i i just did five practice sessions well i didn't really do anything i just kind of told them what to do and did a couple examples and waddled my fat ass out there for a little while so that they can kind of see you know somebody doing the activity um but in reality it was uh it was not much of physical activity i was kind of fooling myself there and so what do you like i i think there's got to be people listening even just you tell your story now you know we talked about avoiding you know getting to practice late to avoid the cardio and now somehow running, this has become a passion for you. What do you think was the switch that flipped inside of you that now turned it from avoid at all costs to I, I want to work up and run 100 miles? I think what it was is that I was lying to myself so much about how much courage I had and, and how much... Um, and how much I had accomplished because although, you know, I might've had some personal success, you know, as a coach, um, physically I had no, I had no success whatsoever. I was a complete failure in, in, and it was obvious. So, um, that switch flipped where it's like, you gotta stop being a liar, especially to yourself. Cause it was all to myself. I would look in the mirror and I would tell myself, I'm fine. You're good, bro you know, go out there and get today, you know, but it wasn't, I wasn't really going after anything. And, and I had to tell myself, you're starting to be a fat, gross, disgusting human being. And you got to stop. You got to stop because there's nothing good coming of this. Nothing. You have less people that like you. You have less job opportunities. You have less health, which means you have less years of life to live. And at this point, you're, you're kind of okay with having less years because life is such shit that, okay, well, if I die early, then I guess I won't have to live those last shitty years. 
what there was this mental thing where it's like what did you just say out loud but it wasn't until i looked in the mirror and said that to myself that it was like what the hell are you talking about like fix it fix the problem change it right now you know i was one of those people man and i know that this is a pet peeve of yours because it's become one of mine you know i'll start on monday i'll start on monday sure monday monday rolls around and then you have another excuse on why why you didn't start and I stopped being that person because I had an honest conversation with myself. Anytime anybody wants to come and train with me and wants to come and like, and, and they'll ask me like, what, what, it, what are you doing? Or how did you accomplish what you accomplished? And I'm like, if you are not good at talking to yourself, and I mean really talking to yourself, then you're, it's going to be tough for you to get out of the situation because you are the only one that's going to be able to pull yourself out of hell. Um, sure, there'll be some supporting people there that'll, that'll help. But it's got to come from within and you got to look in the mirror and tell yourself every single truth that that it hurts to the point where you are are there's you're completely naked in front of yourself because there's nothing there's nowhere else to go. Once you've eliminated all the lies and all the BS that's around you, there's no place to go. But what's the first problem that I need to fix? And you just attack the problems one at a time. And I think that's that. There's there's power there, and I'm sure there's some there's someone listening who's like, "That's awful that he saw himself that way." You know, like getting mad at yourself like that, like getting disgusted with yourself, like is is something I'm sure is having you know can cause a visceral reaction in someone who's like, you know, we should love who we are, you know, we should love ourselves. And I think what you're showing though is like it's not that you didn't love yourself, or you know, it was that you were seeing yourself living this life that that wasn't the life you were meant to live. You know, in inside of you, like. This, this place that you wanted to get to and you had to, it, it takes, sometimes takes getting angry at, at your behavior. Like you said, getting honest with your behavior and el- not allowing yourself to convince yourself that things can continue the way they were continuing. Yeah, I would say self-love is probably the most powerful lesson that I learned on this journey because I did not love the person that I was looking at. I didn't love who I was and how I felt. Um, I just didn't know that that wasn't love. Um, And I was just like these, I was just like those people at first where I'd just be like, well, you know, love yourself regardless of your flaws. And it's like, you know, just be happy with what God gave you or something like that. Um, That's not me anymore because you do not truly love yourself if you are not willing to make the changes that you need to make to have a better, healthier, longer life. If you are not going and taking steps towards bettering your life in, in, in positive ways all in general, then you don't really truly love yourself. Because if you loved yourself, then you would do anything to keep yourself alive and keep yourself healthy and take care of yourself. Um, I used to think that feeding, you know, all the garbage that I was eating, feeding myself that stuff, I used to think that that was how I showed love to my body. But he's hungry, I give it whatever it wants. Um, but now, I give it whatever it needs, and it thanks me in the gym um, because I feel stronger, I look better, and, it, and it's just all around a better vibe that I that I can that I can uh, exhume because of 
that conversation that I had with myself and the realness that I had to give myself in order to take that first step. And that's a powerful place to come to, man. And so let's talk about like where just to give people, you know, another snapshot. You you talked about 278, you know, when you were kind of getting coming out of coming out of quarantine and getting into trail running. Where are you at now? Right now I'm at 237 pounds. So a total loss of 287 pounds or 83 pounds, something like that. Which is in, uh, amazing, man, that you, you've, you've in, two, yeah. in two years, you know, like, look back, like, it wasn't three years ago, it wasn't four years ago, you know, you were that person two years ago. Where, where, where are your goals at right now? Is, is it more focused on the distance, like, getting, building that up? Do you still have goal, physical goals? Like, where, where, where's that for you? Well, now it's like, um, now that all the gyms are opened up, um, I'm back in the gym and I'm losing weight, but I'm but I'm putting on muscle, which has kind of uh, uh, put a damper on my running. But um, I also realized that I was overtraining um, as far as my running is concerned. And um, uh, Sergio, my my therapist, will tell you that he's uh, he's been putting he's a massage therapist. Um, he's been putting in a lot of work on me and. Um, and he's tired of it <laughs> because uh, I, I'm, I'm coming to him with all my injuries and all my strains and uh, and he's getting me out of them. And so I had to kind of take a break as far as how much training runs I'm doing um, so that I can still perform in the gym and perform on the runs. Right now, uh, the goal is 195. You know, I've always I've, I've wanted to break 200 pounds since I started. I guess that was kind of like the main first goal, like, I guess, in my delusion when I was 500 pounds. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be 200 pounds. Um, which now I can say with more confidence, um, but back then I really was just just fronting and just and just lying to people. Yeah, I'm going to be 200 pounds. I can say it with more confidence now because of how far I've come. But um, that's kind of my goal. Um, I, I don't want to be overweight anymore. Um, the same the same enthusiasm that I had towards not being obese is now going towards not being overweight. Uh, so I want to hit that 195 mark. Um, that'll put me in in the healthier range as far as my weight is concerned. And just continuing to run um, as many miles as I possibly can, and um, and and I'm, and that's kind of the the where I'm at, you know, putting in you know 60 to 80 miles a week right now, um, starting starting again now that um, I feel 100% healthy and I feel um, like really ready to kind of start start taking these physical challenges a little bit more more intensely. That, that sounds awesome, man. And I, I have no doubt you're going to get to that, you know, all of these places that you want to get yourself to with the determination and fire that, that you've lit under yourself. Like, I, I think it's just inspiring for people to hear the true transformation you've made. And but more so, you know, the physical transformation is fantastic. But really, the, the transformation of your mindset in terms of the things you would accept from yourself before and, and now what you expect from yourself is just become a powerful part of your journey. So Jesse, yeah, yeah, and and that's also why. Uh huh. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that's also why I kind of don't post too much on social media, just because um, mental health is also a, a huge priority, and it helps to be mentally focused on your goals. So I might post a bit more on social media now, you know, because I know that there's people that have questions and that want to know more information. Um, and I feel like in a, I'm in a better place now where I wouldn't, you know, 
social media wouldn't affect my mentality and where I'm at now. Um, so I'll, I mean, I'm I'm going to be more open in sharing kind of what I'm doing and and what's going on. Just uh, just because I know, you know, other people sharing have has helped me a ton. Well, I I think that sounds fantastic, man. And and literally, you've run us through your journey today. And I appreciate your openness to do that. And it's, it's a kind of a nice segue there because if there's anyone listening to us talk who wants to connect with you, where can they find you, man? Uh, they can find me on Instagram. Um, Thicky Trail Running is my, uh, my tag. I'm pretty sure you'll tag me on there on the post. So, um, yeah, if you guys have any questions or if any of the listeners want to reach out to me um if you guys are in orange county and you want to go on a run hit me up well that, that sounds great man and as you know i end every episode with five questions i take every guest through i call the fat guy five are you ready for your questions yeah let's do it okay so question number one jesse tell us living or dead who is your favorite fat guy Um, favorite fat guy, Poro, for sure. Oh, he is gonna, he's gonna love that and I'm never gonna hear the end of it. So we'll, we'll you know, we'll, you know why though? Because like he, I see him as like direct competition. Like, oh yeah. I feel like we have the same, uh, the same, the same attitude. We have mm-hmm. the same mentality. We have like that same drive and motivation. I think I feel like, I don't know, I kind of want to kick his ass. I like it. I can get behind that. Like metaphorically. Like, well, either, <laughs> either, either way you want to do it, I'm on board, man. I'm on board. I, I will completely, <laughs> I'm, I'll sponsor Team Jesse, and he's going to get mad at me for saying that, which is awesome. <laughs> question number two, Let's Jesse. Yeah, qu- question number two, Jesse. Tell us, what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? One lesson that being a fat guy has taught me was that um, growth comes from within, yourself. It's got to come from you, nobody else. I like that. Question number three, Jesse. What is one thing that a person out there listening who wants to get their journey started today can do? What is one step they can take? Um, get up in the morning, put on your running shoes and then try and go back to bed and keep your shoes on and see if you really can just go back to sleep. Try that because yeah, once you're up and your shoes are on, uh, I just don't see how I could go back to bed. I like it. I like that, man. Question number four, Jesse, what is one thing about yourself that you love? My determination. I won't quit. Not anymore. I have no doubts about that, man. No doubts at all. And question number five, Jesse, last question of the day for you. Tell us, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Um, I, it, that's funny that you mentioned that. I actually um, was not much of a reader at all. So I have been reading as much as 
uh, as many books as I can as far as like motivational books. Um, Jocko's book, David Goggin's book, your book, if you ever plan on writing one, I would read that because that is definitely for the next year. Uh, I'm going to be trying to be doing like one or two books every two weeks um, of anything. Um, I've always been that picky learner. Like, I don't want to learn about this. I don't want to. But there's so much out there. And I've been limiting my I've been limiting my brain and my knowledge. So that is that is something that I'm going to start doing for sure. Well, that I've already started doing. I love it, man. I think that's uh, I think we can all always benefit from reading more. So that's that's a great goal. So, Jesse, just another big thank you today. Like like Jesse mentioned, I'm going to have the links to his social in the show notes for everyone. Reach out to him if this is something you're interested in learning more about, you know, or getting, you know, getting at, you know, kind of hearing more about his journey. Uh, so, Jesse, just a, a big thank you for coming on the show today. No, thank you for having me. Really appreciate your time. And, um, yeah, anybody that wants to reach out to me, um, I'm pretty open about everything you guys want to talk about. Um, I don't really have a filter. Well, there we go, man. There we go. So everyone out there, if you want to connect with me, you can reach me at on Instagram as well at gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You can reach me on Twitter at gourmet goes keto. You can email the show at the fat guy forum at gmail.com. Or if you are interested in one-on-one coaching with a ketogenic holistic approach to nutrition, you can reach out to me at the slash coach dash Mike. And you can also find, you may not be aware, I've been writing a bi-weekly blog on that site that, that's been going up. And actually, that topic of you're running out of Mondays was, was one of the most recent ones that I've written. So go check that out as well, and then let us know what you think about it. Everyone, thank you again so much for listening today. And remember, my friends, go out there, do something today to amaze yourselves, because you are amazing people. And then come on back and catch us again here on the Fat Guy Forum. Mm-hmm.